Southwestern family of companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week, our diversely and amazingly accomplished guests share their insights and inspirations to help us ignite our own. So let's invest attention together to breathe, to reflect and refocus, and decisively defeat that voice we call Mr. Mediocrity. Then let's enjoy moving forward to make a positive difference in our world. Are you interested in advertising with the Action Catalyst? Our listeners could be hearing about your brand right here, right now. For details, shoot us an email at info at theactioncatalyst.com. Welcome to the Action Catalyst. This is Dan Moore, your host, and I'm delighted today that we have Devon Franklin with us. Devon is coming to us from California, and I believe personally that God must have put four or five or six different personalities into this amazing gentleman. (laughs) He refers to himself as multi-hyphenated. And if you think about one person who combines being an amazing preacher, a best-selling author, a film and TV producer, a spiritual and success coach, a business person, a family member, it is phenomenal what has been packed into one person's life. He's got a real commitment to uplifting people through the entertainment medium, and he's become a force in media as well as a leading authority on faith and spiritual wellness, personal development. BeliefNet called him one of the most influential Christians under 40. Variety named him one of the top 10 producers to watch. Ebony distinguished him as one of the top 100 influential African-Americans in America. And that mild-mannered, introverted person, Oprah, called him a bona fide dynamo, a different kind of spiritual teacher for our times. Devon has had an amazing career in the entertainment film industry and currently serves as president of Franklin Entertainment. It's a multimedia entertainment company with a first look film deal at 20th Century Fox. It's amazing what's happened this weekend. In fact, this is being recorded just after Easter weekend. And the inspirational true story film Breakthrough starring Chrissy Metz just came out in the theaters. From watching the trailers, our whole family is going to be in that movie very soon. He also produced the hit animated film The Star, the hit film Miracles from Heaven. And he's also a prolific author. His latest book, The Truth About Men, was released just in February of 2019, and we're going to share a little bit about it. But he's also written The Hollywood Commandments and the New York Times bestseller, The Weight, which he co-wrote with his wife on a subject that is not really talked about much, the importance of waiting and abstinence until marriage. And it is phenomenal, the impact he's having. And he's also written Produced by Faith. So Devon Franklin, thank you so much for your time and welcome to the Action Catalyst. Of course, of course. Thank you so much for having me. Glad to glad to be here. Well, I think it's great. We we would love to hear a bit about the the twists and turns and pivots and rebounds that you've had to go through, starting with with your early life that, in various ways, ended up with you being in the position of influence and positive impact that you're in today. Um, yeah, you know, I'm from uh, I'm, as you mentioned in uh, your, the introduction. I uh, right now I'm in Los Angeles. I've been in Los Angeles for um, about 22 years, almost 23 years um, from Northern California, from uh, the Bay Area. And, uh, you know, grew up always wanting to be in entertainment. I was also raised in the church. So uh, being raised in the church and the desire to be in entertainment certainly did not always coexist. There were a lot of people growing up who told me um, I couldn't make it in entertainment. Uh, It was Sodom and Gomorrah. It was the devil's playground and to not pursue it. And for me, I was very determined to see if this is what God had for me. Uh, And the only way to do that was by pursuing um, not even just my faith, but also my interests. And so, um, you know, I knew I had to go to Los Angeles 
uh, when I was, uh, you know, 18 years old. Um, I knew I had to, you know, come to Los Angeles because this is, this is where entertainment is. This is where Hollywood is. Uh, so I got admitted to USC. Um, I majored in business. I minored in film. And interestingly enough, I got rejected from the USC film school. Uh, USC film school is one of the best film schools in the world, if not the best in the world. And they rejected me. Um, and I was really devastated by that. But I decided I was going to go ahead and go to USC anyway and major in business and minor in film. Now, that same year, I got the opportunity to go in to interview for the management company that managed Will Smith. And uh, I went in, I got an internship interview there. And as I was uh, being interviewed, they asked me why I wanted to be in entertainment. And I told them, I want to be in entertainment to make change. You know, I believe that entertainment is one of the most powerful mediums in the world. And I believe if I can be a part of it, I can make change for the better. Uh, the other thing that came up was uh, they said, is there anything else you want us to know? And uh, so I told the person interviewing me, I told her that I observed the Sabbath as a Christian. I was raised observing the Sabbath. So Friday night, sundown, Saturday night, sundown, um, you know, I wouldn't go to games. I wouldn't go to dances. And so I told her, I said, you know, listen, if, if taking this internship, if you were to offer it would require me to work on the Sabbath, I won't take it. And so what that was doing early on, I didn't even know it, but what it was doing is it was putting my faith on the table. It was letting people know that my faith is important to me and that I wasn't willing to compromise it just to find success. And so in doing that, they said, um, no problem. We can work around that. And I, I did get the internship and that really began my career in Hollywood. I did that internship uh, for uh, the companies. The first it was the freshman sophomore year working for Will's management company. And then I worked for his production company my junior and senior year. And when I graduated USC, I became an assistant working for his uh, manager. Um, and I did that for two years. And then I quit and uh, got a job as a development uh, executive working for a producer. And a development executive is basically kind of your entry level um, job at, you know, in development where you're working on scripts and you're working on uh, developing ideas that would hopefully make good movies. I did that for about a year and a half. And then I took a job as a studio executive for uh, MGM. Um, I worked on movies like Be Cool and Beauty Shop, which was the third movie in the Barbershop franchise installment that starred uh, Queen Latifah and Be Cool star John Travolta. And uh, then MGM got sold to Sony Pictures Entertainment. And uh, as part of that, I was able to be I was one of two executives that made the transition to Sony Pictures Entertainment. And I got a chance to work on incredible films like uh, The Pursuit of Happiness, Seven Pounds, Hancock, um, Captain Phillips, 21. Uh, the Karate Kid, Jumping the Broom, Sparkle, and Heaven is for Real. And while I was there, I really started to uh, basically carve out this space of making inspirational uh, movies, uh, many of them based on true stories and based upon the success of Heaven is for Real. Uh, two days after the movie, or after opening weekend, I went in and I quit my job. And I quit my job at the time. I had risen to senior vice president of production for uh, Columbia Pictures. And I felt like it was time to, you know, start my own company and begin to, you know, hopefully benefit from uh, so much of the uh, equity that I was creating for the company. And uh, as a result, you know, they said, yes, okay, we'll give you a deal. And so I started Franklin Entertainment right on the heels of the success of Heaven is for Real. Uh, I made Miracles from Heaven with Queen Latifah and Jennifer Garner and Eugenio Derbez. And then I did the animated film, The Star, which is the story of the nativity from the animal's point of view. And then I just recently, as you mentioned in the intro, um, released Breakthrough with Chrissy Metz and Topher Grace and Josh Lucas and Dennis Haysbert and Mike Coulter, which is the true story of a mother that prays her son back to life 
Uh, and along the way, you know, I, yes, I, I love to write books and I love the response that people have to my books. So I wrote The Way With My Wife and I wrote uh, The Hollywood Commandments, which is now called The Success Commandments. And I most recently did um, The Truth About Men, What Men and Women Need to Know. So, you know, this whole journey for me has been, um, you know, an endeavor of faith, uh, listening to God, trusting God, uh, and then also, you know, not being afraid to take steps and leaps of faith. Uh, without knowing exactly how it's going to work out. There were a number of leaps along the way there, Devon, because you oh, had yeah. a very prestigious job and very comfortable, I'm quite sure. And then to be able to say from faith-based reasons and your own mission in life to move away from that and venture out onto your own, that's remarkable. Oh, wow. Yeah, thank you. You know, so, so far, so good, you know. That's fantastic. And having that early influencer, having a chance to be with someone like Will Smith, who is uh, so diversely talented and the different openings that that must have led for. Who, who are some of the other mentors and influences that have made a difference, uh, guided you along the way? You know, I have so many of them. I mean, um, you know, executives that I worked for when I was at Sony. Um, you know, they were, uh, my bosses, everyone from, um, Elizabeth Cantillon to Anz Gianetti, who the public wouldn't know those names, but in the industry, they're very well known, uh, mentors for sure. Um, you know, people like, um, you know, Doug Belgrad, who ran the company was also, you know, also been a mentor. Uh, there've been so many people inside Hollywood that are like executives that mentor me. Um, you know, also, yes, I've had the opportunity to, um, you know, get guidance from people like an Oprah and T.D. Jakes and um, Joel Osteen and um, Tyler Perry, um, Will Smith, obviously. And it's a blessing to be able to have, you know, these um, incredible inspirational giants, um, you know, in my contacts. And, uh, you know, when I need help, they certainly are there. Um, no one can become successful, I don't believe, without mentorship. It mm. is critical. It is required. And so it's important, you know, for me, I try to keep my mentors, um, you know, abreast of my progress. I like to take their advice, put it to work and then come back to them and show them the success of their of their advice. And um, I also, you know, I'm also mindful of their time. You know, I think one of the keys to managing mentorship is to not overburden the mentor. Um, so I'm always mindful of that. And it's a blessing to be able to have such incredible mentors in my life who have truly made the difference in my uh, personal life and my career. Mm -hmm. uh, our listeners vary from people that are, are entrepreneurs, uh, one person startups to top executives, to people that are just seeking inspiration. Uh, any one, two, threes on how to, how to locate a suitable mentor and how to approach that person so that it, it does become worth their time. Cause it's always a free gig when you're the mentor. Yeah. You know, um, in my in the success commandments, um, which is the paperback version of the Hollywood commandments, I have a whole section on here in, in the book about mentorship. And one of the key areas uh, for mentorship is whether or not you know the person or you ever get a chance to meet them, they can become your virtual mentor. And what that means is looking at your field and looking at the people that inspire you in your field and you can get virtual mentorship from them. Um, by following them on social media, by reading their interviews, by gleaning the words of advice that they give um, across, you know, the different platforms that they're on. And uh, that is a powerful opportunity to still get mentorship from somebody that uh, you really believe in and that can really help you whether or not you ever meet that person. Um, you know, before I met a T.D. Jakes or an Oprah, you know, I was getting virtual mentorship from them. 
so that when I actually met them, uh, you know, I actually had things to talk about because they had been already influencing and inspiring me. So mm -hmm. I think it's so important um, to not be discouraged if you never physically meet the person that you are being mentored by. You can still use their information to help propel your career in life. Awesome insight. It would be easy for somebody to look at your career trajectory, I think, Devon, and say, man, this guy's just had smooth sailing all the way, just gone from one strength to another. But surely you've hit some brick walls along the way, you know, just trucking along and then all of a sudden, kaboom, head on with something you weren't expecting. Any any tips or suggestions on what our listeners should do when they're hit with it? just an obstacle they can't see around or through or anything and they're just temporarily stuck? Yeah, you know, I think, um, you know, for me, when you get in that situation, uh, first, it's so important to acknowledge how you feel. Uh, so often when things happen that we don't expect, um, there's a tendency to try to rush through the feeling of disappointment, uh, rush through the feeling of, um, of anxiety or frustration. And I think the, the best thing to do whenever someone hits a wall is to acknowledge, you know, yo, I just hit a wall. I mean, if, if, if you, if somebody, if you're walking across the street and you get hit and, uh, and then the car keeps going and, uh, you try to get up and walk and someone's like, well, didn't you just got hit? You're like, no, I didn't. I'm fine. Like, no, no, no. You have to acknowledge what you went through and what the pain you're feeling in order to come out of it stronger. Uh, so in those moments, you know, when I've hit a wall, I mean, and listen, you know, there've been so many of those, those days, uh, you know, where I'm like, okay, God, maybe this is not what I'm supposed to do. Um, you know, truly, uh, you know, this leaving now, uh, as a producer and author, I mean, it's all on faith, all on faith. And I have to trust every day. And, you know, even with breakthrough, you know, breakthrough did not come out and, um, uh, breakthrough basically met expectations, but it didn't exceed expectations. And sometimes, from a box office standpoint, when you don't exceed expectations, you've actually not met expectations. If that makes <laughs> sense. And so, um, you know, and so I've had to kind of acknowledge the, how I feel about that um, and, uh, you know, and say, OK, you know, it is it does feel disappointing when something doesn't work the way you wanted it to work. But I think that's when you got to go back and look at the process. You know, OK, you know, did you do everything you could do? Uh, where are you learning um, are you progressing even if you don't get the result that you want? So, so much of, you know, how to navigate hitting that wall is acknowledging the pain, evaluating the process, and then, you know, putting in place a plan to move, move forward. Um, you know, too often we are, we're nursing the pain of the past. And as a result, it keeps holding us back. So that's why I think it's important to acknowledge it, feel it so that you can move through it. Um, if ever, if I don't move through the pain of a disappointment or an unmet expectation, then I literally stop growing at that moment. So it's so important that I've learned to say, okay, I feel it. I'm going to go through it so that I can move on from it. Um, and sometimes we can get stuck in that moment when things didn't work out. And as a result, we can never progress to where things will work out. So it's so important for anyone that's hit a brick wall uh, to acknowledge that you hit it, to go back and evaluate the process, and then put a place, a plan for how you move forward. Mm -hmm. I think that's more than sound advice because people are going to hit them if they're doing anything. And uh, so no one's that's right. It's going to happen. <laughs> Not a matter of if it's a matter of when, right? That's right. Well, that's fantastic. Um, and another thing, it's kind of the opposite of that. When people are, are highly successful, highly visible and moving in a great direction, there can sometimes be a tendency to coast and to just say, let me, let me just kind of put the foot off the gas right now and just kind of ease, ease through the next phase 
you're not that person, Devon. Um, there's a being in our ear we call Mr. Mediocrity. How, how do you how do you get rid of Mr. Mediocrity and keep your edge and keep growing and keep focused? Oh man, <laughs> you know I just feel like uh, you know I have so much further to go and. You know, I'm definitely not where I want to be. And, you know, I'm a middle child. So I think that also plays a a big part in it. Uh, You know, I think as middle children, you end up finding yourself in a situation where you you are fighting for your place. Uh, That's what I've noticed with a lot of middle children. I'm certainly no exception. And, um, you know, when I look at the world, when I look at what I'm trying to do and I look at what I'm currently doing, I personally say, oh, man. You know, I got so long to go and I'm, you know, and I, some days I'm like, oh, will I ever get there? Um, so that that keeps me hungry and uh, that keeps me focused and that keeps me um, determined um, to become all that I'm, I've called to be and and to do everything I've been called to do. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm uh, that mediocrity or that complacency. I don't know. I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. I was just every day I get up and say, oh, man, I'm, I got to do it. I'm not doing it yet. We got to go. So, um, you know, I try not to let that uh, consume me so much that I can't still find joy in the moment moment. And that I don't take uh, that I don't take out time to rest and recover and all those things. But, um, you know, I, I stay hungry for my purpose and my uh, my destiny and, um, you know, work every day to achieve those things. Well, it sounds like you're more than connected to your mission and you remind yourself of that on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. Got to do that for sure. Yeah. Is there a kind of a mental routine that you start your day with something that you form the habit of uh, as soon as you're conscious, what, what, what goes through your head? Um, you know, usually the first thing that goes to my head is, you know, reading scripture. Um, you know, so I pull out the word and read scripture and then I also pray. And then I do um, a couple daily affirmations that I have in my phone. And the combination of those things kind of, you know, get me going. And then um, and then I get up and go to the gym usually. Uh, so it's really a combination of getting the spirit and the temple uh, ready to go. And then, um, you know, I get ready to go to work or wherever I'm doing and uh, wherever I am and, get, and go. Um, but mentally, it's important to plug in uh, to God and plug into his plan and affirm the things that I believe will happen and uh, use that as the uh, foundation for the day. Mm-hmm. That is the foundation, which makes so much sense. You know, mm-hmm. I, I also was a middle child, Devon, and both, oh, my, wow. both my brother and sister passed away. And ever since they passed away at really early ages, my daily thought first thing in the morning is I am grateful. I'm grateful to be here. Amen. And use me in whatever way you can, God. That's right. That's right. Amen. So true. What it's about, what it's about. Well, that's phenomenal. Now, sometimes our listeners are are at such as a point that they have kind of lost belief that they can actually even pull out of the hole that they're in. Uh, what would you say to somebody who, in the words of that great song, the gambler is out of aces. They, uh, they don't know where to turn and they're so frustrated mm-hmm. with their life or their career, or their boss, or what, what thoughts on how to center people back into the right way of thinking? Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, there's so many, um, different takeaways when someone is in a situation like that. You know, if they are, quote unquote, out of aces, uh, that could mean that it's time to get up from that particular table. Um, And that table no longer will bear fruit. That table that they're at will no longer, um, uh, you know, help achieve their purpose. So it may say, hey, they may have to say, you know what, Um, I got to get up from this table. I have to, you know, pursue a new table to to start playing again. Um, The other thing may be um, I'm at the right table. I just got to wait for the right hand. 
So while I'm waiting, I got to stay persistent. I got to stay patient. Um, I have to manage my frustration, manage my expectations. Um, I think everyone has to do an evaluation. For me, one of the ways that I navigate moments like that is, I, and, and it's, a, it's a hard thing to teach, to be very honest with you, because it's not necessarily a practical practice. It's more of a spiritual one, which is, you know, I try to get centered with God uh, and, and feel like, okay, God is, what are you calling me to do right now? Okay. You know, and then I, and then I look at the evidence around me to say, oh, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So even in moments in my entertainment career, when things were not going well, and it felt like no aces were coming up, uh, let's say at my job at Sony, um, pictures when I was there, there were moments, you know, I was there as an executive for almost 10 years. Uh, there were moments when I wanted to quit. But God said, no, it's not time for you to get up from the table. How did I know it wasn't time for me to get up from the table? Because even though things weren't working out the way I wanted, I was still growing. There were still things I didn't know. There were still opportunities that um, I needed in order to become the person that I knew I could be. So even though things weren't exactly working according to my plan, I still knew that there was growth that I needed to do and it wasn't time for me to quit. I think every time someone's in this scenario, they got to do a cost benefit analysis. Even if you, you know, to use your analogy, even if aces are, are you know, are not currently in the deck for you, you still got to do a cost benefit analysis. What is a cost benefit analysis? If you're the benefit of where you are is greater than what it's costing you, even if it's not working out exactly the way you want, I would argue it's time to stay. Just stay at that table. Because you're, you're still getting a benefit. It could be the benefit of, of being at that particular company, the benefit of the growth, the benefit of, you know, um, the, the paycheck, uh, the benefit of what this job is doing. Even when it's not doing exactly what you want, you still are getting more out of it than it's costing you. The moment that you stop growing, the moment that you stop, uh, you know, learning is the moment when I believe it's costing you more than the benefit. Um, and that's a time when you got to say, okay, if this is costing me more than I'm getting the benefit out of it, I have to either look at, okay, is a promotion possible? Um, is a new area in this job possible? And if not, then maybe it's time to look for a new job or a new table. Um, it's so important in these moments to not get irrational, um, to manage emotions because our emotions, when we don't feel good, we sometimes have that knee jerk reaction is I just want to do what feels good. And sometimes in the moment we could overlook uh, patience and the process because we're looking to feel good. So I think it's really important to not allow emotion to over override evaluation, um, rational thought, prayer, consideration, and doing this sort of analysis to identify what really should happen. Um, when we don't feel good in a job and things are not working out, it's easy to have self-pity. It's easy to feel down. It's easy to feel discouraged. And all those feelings are natural, but it's really important when making a decision about the next chapter of your life to not allow those feelings to uh, disrupt good, sound decision-making. Because at the end of the day, our life will become the sum total of the decisions that we make. So we have to choose well and we have to choose wisely. That is phenomenal. You can write another book now, Devon, on decision making <laughs> in the right way. Yeah, that's a good idea. And 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 there's there's guidance in scripture, you know, and it says we should actually count it all joy when we are subject to diverse tribulations and trials. Now that's a yes. funny word, joy. 
yes. trials because the trying of our faith works patience. And sometimes what we're learning is how to be patient and how to just That's be right. So it's incredible. That is so true. I love that. Yeah. Uh, now, here's just another thought. You, you in your career, encounter very many strong personalities, uh, some that literally are larger than life characters, some that are behind the scenes, but incredibly powerful. Any tips on dealing with strong personalities so that you keep your equilibrium and, and not get swept up into something that doesn't suit you, but also that you can really hold your own and succeed in that environment? Yeah, I think one of the keys is to um, maintain a strong sense of self, um, you know, and also with that strong sense of self, it's really a balance. When I'm around strong personalities, um, sometimes you have to make the decision that, okay, you know what? Uh, it's not about me showing the strength of my personality. It's about me being okay with them being strong. So mm -hmm. that just requires some wisdom. It requires some deference. Um, and that's really important. You know, there, there are many times that uh, I say, okay, you know what? This person, um, you know, needs to be the center of, of attention. This person needs to uh, own the room. So great. I'm gonna let them own the room. No big deal. Cool. I, I know who I am. I know what I'm doing. No problem. Do your thing. Um, and I think that just requires humility to be, to be quite honest. Um, and also a sense of self, because if you're around a strong personality and that could even, that doesn't even have to be in a personal sense. I mean, professional sense, it could be in a personal sense. You know, you could be around a strong personality that's encouraging you to do something that you, um, you know, don't feel aligns with your values. And it's important then to have a strong sense of self to say, no, them, you know, that's cool. I'm gonna pass on that. Um, you know, I think it's really important at the end of the day to be able to look yourself in the mirror and say, you know what, I'm comfortable with who I am. And uh, no matter the strength of the personality I'm around, I'm going to do my best to stay true to who I really am. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And my, my wife spends a lot of time counseling young women in our business and after, and she says, it's always better to go home alone than to wish you had gone home alone. <laughs> That's so. good. Keeping That's those good. keeping those values so right. Yeah. Um, and speaking of values, you come through loud and clear in the truth about men. Um, yeah. I'm really privileged to have a copy of this. One of the things I was so impressed with, if you don't mind, is when we're talking about uh, beliefs of mastery. And you can share the basic thesis that within every person, but particularly in every man, there is a dog, which is the untrained lust for anything. It could just be sexual. It could be power, That's right. it could be money. It could be ego. It could be leisure. It could be anything and that every dog that is truly happy and that makes a difference in the world is a trained dog. It has a master that, that deals with. That's right. And a master, you speak about integrity and you say the master is the same in private as he is in public. Yes. And I think that's a really powerful thought because we have so many public figures who unfortunately weren't masters of themselves in private. And then when it comes out, uh, it's devastating, particularly for those who are followers to them. Uh, so I just picked out one little point out of, a, of hundreds yeah. of pages of great points. Can you share a bit Thank more about, about what moved you to put this book together and, and share with us how people can get it? Yeah, you know, what moved me to put this together is, uh, you know, you hit on it. I mean, there's so many things that are going on in the world, especially issues related to men. And I just wanted to write a book to say, here's what we do. Uh, you know, I'm not pointing the finger. I'm, uh, hey, we're all in the same boat. But if we can become masters, if we can, you know, put love and control of lust, that we can master the dog within, there's nothing we can't do. And um, I just think we have to start looking at success in a more dynamic way. Too often, success has been viewed by what we do in the public. 
And as a result, you know, when someone's a personal failure, you know, but a public success, that personal failure, it's almost like you're building this skyscraper on a foundation that is not settled. If there's no personal success, that sky, it's going to fall. The building will fall. It's just a matter of time. But if there's personal success and personal success is not perfection, personal success means I am aware that I have to work on who I am. I have to work on my character. I have to work on my integrity. I have to work on my humility. I have to work on who I am when no one's watching. And I put in that work. That's what lays a strong foundation. So then as the public success begins to mount, that it's sitting on top of personal success, which allows it to continue to grow. So I wanted to write this book to show us how to do it, you know, to show us, uh, you know, how to get self-control, how to get discipline, how to get self-awareness and how to really practice love because it's so hard for us as men. Um, This is not a book about what women have to do better. Um, I believe most women are already kind of leading in love and doing their work. It's we as men that are. And I really wanted to write a book to give women information, um, but to really give men motivation to do this so that we can become the men we were called to be. Mm-hmm. And that is such an important thing. How can people get hold of this book? Yeah, they can get a hold of this book. It's available everywhere books are sold. Amazon.com, barnesandnoble.com. You can go into Barnes & Noble. It's in Barnes & Noble stores all around the country. Uh, there's the Audible version, the Kindle version. Uh, it's on iTunes. Everywhere you can get books, you can get the truth about men. <laughs> well, that's good. And Devon, is there a website where people can follow you and, and keep up with you, some of your teachings and observations? Yes, come to my website, Devon Franklin, D-E capital V-O-N, Franklin with an I, dot com. You can sign up for my mentor mail. I do a weekly um, uh, e-blast to inform, inspire, and encourage um, those that are in my list to keep going and giving them information on how to do it. And, uh, you know, a lot more information and blog posts and videos to keep everyone inspired and motivated. Almost like you work in media. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm working on that. You know, we're working on that. Well, I want to thank you on behalf of all of our listeners and, and thank you from the heart of, of this old dude here. Uh, you have oh, inspired you. and you have affirmed and, and you've given me a lot to think about uh, that wow. daily work that we all need to do. So I appreciate awesome. it, Yvonne. Thank you for that. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I truly, truly appreciate it. If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe. To stay updated on everything that the Action Catalyst is up to, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst Podcast and Twitter at Catalyst underscore Action. Thanks for listening.